Chef Mike from Cass Winery and Vineyard. Thank you, Mike, for being here with us. We just had an excellent salad. Um, how's your day going tomorrow? All right. Um, yeah, we're just here on Cass. Uh, we're up in the new uh, event space. This is the foyer of the event space. Yeah, hopefully we'll cut some pictures to this because it looks amazing out here. We uh, just opened the public in June. So we did our first event up here, and it's been going gangbusters ever since. So yeah, yeah, just been kind of crazy. So aside from that, could you tell me a little bit about you know what you do? And oh, well, here um, we here at Cass we have a cafe that's open 365. Oh, I'm sorry, 363. There's only two days we're closed. We're closed Thanksgiving and Christmas. The rest of the year, we're open, um, and we serve lunch every day. Um, then up here, we have open for events, and then soon to be open in the uh, B and B will be open for breakfast with to those guests. So we'll have three different venues out of this area up here. Okay, you're adding a lot on your plate. Yeah. Are you? Uh, are you? most stoked about the, the b and I mean, I think that's a cool idea. It, it's a fun concept. It's actually yeah. um, reclaimed uh, shipping containers that they've modified to be individual um, sleeper units, individual individual unit like sleepers. Yeah. They're lifted up above the, the grapes, so you actually are looking out over the grapes when you're on the in the room themselves, yeah. so it's like what you're kind of saying is they're they're literally like lifted off the ground, right? Yeah. So you get this really cool view. Yep, and you'll your vineyards. And you'll park you park above that or below them, and so your car's gonna be in the shade yeah. in the summertime. And like today, oh, when it's raining, you know, you'll be able to park out of the weather. That's cool. Um, and uh, yeah, it's really nice, and there will be eight rooms, one bridal suite and uh, several regular rooms, so it'll be really nice. That'll be a cool thing, because you guys do a lot of weddings yes. here, here, right here, right? Yeah, third, uh, I think this last year we did 27. Okay, last year. that's a lot, that's almost once every other week, yeah. right? How many yeah. weeks in there in that year? Yeah. 58 or something? 56. 56? That's, that's almost one every other week. Yeah, yeah that's... Well, and uh, we, we just opened it this year, so we're hoping to do, have more year-round now that we have indoor facilities so okay before what did you guys we did we didn't do it pretty much past november because of the weather okay so we lost pretty much everything from december through uh, march yeah I mean, just because people didn't want to run the risk of having to deal with rain and tents and yeah that sucks because our weather out here is normally pretty nice so yeah people are getting married all year yeah. like so and then you lose all the people that don't want to be dealing with 100 degree weather. Like when I got married, I got married in January. It makes it nice to, man, if it rains, it rains, but you're yeah, not having to sweat and yeah. you're all miserable. You don't have to worry about everything else going on outside. Yeah. Before we get too far off, um, what type of things do you guys serve out of your uh, it's a, to the public? Oh, we have, uh, well, our big one is our estate beef uh, burger, which our cows are raised within 20 minutes, or I'm sorry, half a mile from the, the winery itself. Uh, and uh, that's our big one, our bacon, our, our bacon on its cured and 
um, smoked on the property, but we do sandwiches, salads, you know, wintertime we do soups, we do a, a really high-end mac and cheese with braised short rib on the top. Nice. Um, you know, really simple lunch stuff, we do okay. a normal cheese board, um, that kind of thing. So that's like a, it's like a nice thing for people can drive out here yeah. and have a good glass of wine. Yeah. And have lunch. You know, we're far enough out that if people are out at Token James and they want to hit something before they get all the way back into town, they can hit us on the way back in, so. Okay. So, uh, how did, uh, I know we're kind of probably getting far back, but how did, how did this whole, you know, cooking thing with, with, how did the chef life come to be? Well, I've been cooking ever since, you know, I can remember, I mean, I started cooking with my mom when I was really young, and then my mom went back to school when I was in, like, fifth or sixth grade, and so we lived out in the country, so I was cooking meals for my brothers when I was in fifth and sixth grade, so after a while, it was like, you get kind of tired of frozen pizza and mac and cheese, so you start experimenting. Yeah. Not all of them good, but... Well, you got to figure it out. You know, you kind of have to, yeah. you got to figure it out. Yes. And then Sunday mornings, you know, you pick out your mom's old Betty Crocker cookbook. And then, oh, the one like the red cover? Yeah, the red cover. That's a throwback shout out to that Betty Crocker cookbook. Uh, I, I actually, <laughs> one of the things that my wife and I looked for was finding that old Betty Crocker cookbook with the circle on the front. Okay. And it had my favorite you know, coffee cake recipe, and it's actually called Favorite Coffee Cake, and I, okay. that was the first thing, after we got married, I looked at every, like, antique store that we went to to find it, and we finally found it, and it was like, oh, it's like $20, and my wife's like, oh, I'm not going to get it, it's not like $20, bucks. and I was like, just kidding, we've been looking for it forever, yeah, finally, she just, like, she's like, if you don't go back and buy it, I'll be buying it, and so I was like, fine, I'll go back and do it, yeah, and so it's like, we all, we all looked for it for all this time, so, Finally, I got it, but yeah. And then after I found out I was diabetic, and you know, coffee cake's not exactly the best thing for a diabetic, yeah. I had to figure out ways to make it healthier. So instead of using brown sugar, I was using coconut sugar, and then instead of using all of this butter, I started using low fat yogurt. So it's not quite the same, but it's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> so with, with that, um, what other type of Substitutions can people who are diabetic make in restaurants. Like, what well, 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 the couple things you recommend? Like, maybe two. Well, the tough, the toughest thing is, is you know, you know, there's two ways to do it. You can either just within moderation, which I do, or you can substitute. And substitute is stuff like cauliflower for mashed potatoes. You can, or you can just do like half and half mashed potatoes and half the cauliflower. Okay. That's a good one. Um, and you can kind of maybe try to make mix that into mm-hmm. one mash. But yeah, but the thing is, is like I'm an Irish boy. I just don't eat as exactly. mashed potatoes <laughs> as often. Yeah. I would rather eat real mashed potatoes, but just eat it once a month as opposed to having a half and half mashed potato. Yeah, it just doesn't taste the same. Um, so I'd much rather do it that way. But there's other things like the coconut sugar. You just have to experiment because it doesn't cook the same way. Coconut oil. Does coconut bit. sugar caramelize? Like yeah, you know, it it doesn't like, and it doesn't like it doesn't. Um, if you're making cookies with it, it doesn't. Um, you have to add more um, butter and more like 
oil to it okay. to make it like um, it just doesn't. Because it probably it doesn't. Like a liquid it, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't cream like it does okay. butter and uh, sugars do. Yeah. Um, but those are the big ones. I mean, but it's just all about experimentation. And I mean, you know, mushrooms. You know, add mushrooms to anything because that's another one that's like it helps with your. Blood sugars. And oh, really? Mushrooms are always amazing to help with your blood sugars. Okay. They help lower your A1Cs. Um, but yeah, I try to sneak them into everything. My wife hates them, but it's like <laughs> meatloaf. I do low, low fat meatloaf <coughs> turkey, and then I chop up mushrooms really fine and mix them in with the meatloaf. Okay. And then I put a bunch of bacon in. Bunch of bacon. Yeah, yeah, then, then, it, then it's made it all the much better. <laughs> <laughs> that, that just brings it back. Yeah, exactly. It's like. But but yeah, it's all about you know moderation. You just you know it's all about give and take. It's you know I love beer. I just I, you know some people are like, oh, you have to give it up. You have to do this. You have to do that. And when I was first diagnosed, my A1Cs were 15. I've not given up anything that I love, and I've been able to drop my A1Cs and everything down to six. Okay. And that's Is almost, that good? Yeah, no, that's like almost pre-diabetic, you know, that's like almost non-diabetic numbers, but it's just all about moderation. You just have to have control. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people, to me, it's like, if I take it all the way out, I'm more likely to cheat, you know, yeah. as opposed to if I know that, hey, if I have these French fries today, I just can't have them for a, a while. Yeah. And, then no, I'm my brain works like that. Like for when I go to work out or when I do something good, I have to have something I'm gonna reward myself. Yeah. And I have to hold myself true like to what I say. So like with the French fries, I'm like, okay, you can't have French fries until Saturday. I have to be true to that. Exactly. And then on Saturday I'll get some fries. Well, like, see, and I do it I do it a different way. I take that money that I would spend, like, you know, hey, I'd really like to do buy this beer or go do this. Or I'd really like to and I spend it on something else, and I reward myself. Okay. Like, for a while, it would be sunglasses or jerseys or whatever it is at the time. Okay. You know, my wife made me some my cookbooks, so I had over a thousand of them. You know, it's whatever weird. Nice collection. Yeah, yeah, it's whatever weird you know collection I have at that time, and I just put the into that money into some other so, kind of like another outlet. Exactly. Yeah. So the money's gone. So it's not being. There's not that temptation to spend. Yeah. There was one thing that you said, so is there anything in particular you can remember cooking when you were like, cooking for your brothers? Pork chops. Pork chops? I always love pork chops. They're easy. You Fifth and sixth grade, whipping out pork chops. They're easy. You yeah. just cut, you take them, you put them. I was always, I'm from the Midwest, so it's always about like casseroles and pork, you know, like we did them different. You know, my mom taught me how to do them where you take the pork chops, you put them in the pan, the casserole dish, you put the rice down, and then you cover them with like cream of mushroom soup and some cream or some milk. And then you just throw it in the oven for a couple hours and the pork chops get moist. And then you'd have this creamy rice dish. Nice. So you have like the sauce in there and everything. Everything's all right there and it's done. And you have one pan of cream and you're done. And yeah. That's it. So you would just kind of emulate that but bigger? Just yeah. Put a couple more pork chops exactly. in a bigger pan. Exactly. And okay. That's it. And so, you know, and you know, and that's what, you know, especially when I do the dinners here and stuff here, I try to do a 
lot of the same stuff. I try to do a lot of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all about comfort food and a lot of keeping food simple. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of the time we get away from, as chefs, we get away from, we try to chef things up and, you know, it it's, gets away from the, the honesty of the food and when you start getting to like eight and nine ingredients on dishes, then people, if the food gets muddy, then you just lose the trueness of the actual dish. Because you can have too much. You can have too much, and it should just be like a simple thing. I, I think anything more than like four and five ingredients in any one component, you start losing, losing things. You start yeah. losing, it's like, you know, you start losing flavors, you, you, things start getting muddy, and it's just not as crisp and clean. Anything more than five components in a dish, you just start you start losing things. And so to keep things honest and straightforward. So it seems like you kinda you kinda hang your hat on, on keeping things simple. Is there any other kind of staples well, that you just really keep fresh and you know we we're in a state where there's food year round, but you know, we really need to really look at what the food should be grown year round here. I mean, yeah, we can grow tomatoes year round, but really, should we? I mean, we should be looking at what's good for the environment for what we should be growing year round here. Um, uh, we really need to take into consideration what a lot of places like in Spain are doing, growing what they're growing environmentally, because that's what's going to be the big impact, you know, down the long term. What? Now, so break that down. Like, like, what, like, I mean, we're forcing our environment because we can grow things year-round here to grow things year-round. Like, um, we can grow tomatoes year-round, right. and we do it. Um, but, but like right, right now, we could like down in our garden right now, we have nothing else planted but like kale, um, bok choy, greens. Okay. And the tough part is, is people just need to get used to eating that way. Just need to know that tomatoes aren't in season in January. Yeah, they need to understand that. Yeah, you want a tomato right now, but you shouldn't eat it because it's not. It's not. We shouldn't be making Mother Nature, or we shouldn't be putting the chemicals and you know using all that extra water to grow them right now because they don't grow the same. They don't right? grow the same. They don't taste the same. You know, the the environment. What you're doing to the environment. What you're doing. You know. To, to build and to make that, to do that, is being a bigger impact than if so we just grew naturally like we could yeah. here, it would be much better off, but we get, it's, it's all about training, and that's where it comes from us. We have to make things like bok choy sound amazing. We have to make kale. We have to make stuff like char, all those things that, and trust me, they're a tough sell. Like, you know, curly frisee is like eating someone's afro. I will be the first one to tell you that. It is not an appealing salad, but unfortunately, it's one of the things that grows in, you know, December. Um, so we try, you gotta make those things work. Yeah, yeah you have, have to make them work. And that is a, a chef. We need to look outside and be like, hey, we have an opportunity here to educate and teach people that this is what we should be doing with our environment. We shouldn't be building greenhouses to be planting tomatoes and growing heirloom tomatoes so we can have heirlooms in February 
we should be growing stuff outside where it's conducive the way it's supposed to be grown. We, yeah. could, we could be growing Brussels sprouts right now. Why are Brussels sprouts yeah, growing? Huh? Oh. It, it could be this guy. Maybe sometimes it gets a little loose. Um, well, it seems like it's on right now. Is it just kind of keeps going in and out. It'll cut off a little bit and then come back in and then cut off. Okay. Is that Mike? Do you want to say something right now? So you can. Are you good now? Are we? Yeah, it's good. And then, so when it cuts off, how long has it been out for? Is it like going in and out? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not like instant like that. It'll cut out in a couple seconds, like, and then it'll start going. Get a little choppy. Maybe sometimes no, like, no, 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 it's just a wire it could be sometimes with Bluetooth things, you just kind of want to give them a reset. We've, we've had them on for for a little bit, but but yeah, that's that's the big thing. It's just um, we really need to teach our consumers and our customers that it's okay to eat things when they're a their best, the freshest and they're available and not make Mother Nature bend to our will, but use Mother Nature the way it's intended. And then it makes it, the waiting for stuff makes it better. Like, exactly. It makes it made that much better. I mean, my, my personal favorite line from anything, it's like Garrison Keever said one time, it's like, it's better to get a tomato when it's fresh from the garden than tasting one that's like it was strip mine in Texas. Yeah. And that's how it is when you eat that tomato that that they gas because they could pick it when it had this much red, and then they could gas it so it all turns red when you cut into it and it's white because there's absolutely nothing fresh in it. Yeah. And it just tastes like styrofoam. That's not the way it's intended. Yeah, you, great, you had a tomato, but is it really it's not real? It, it's not really worth it at that yeah. point. I mean, you know, if you're just going through the motions, is it really, is it really worth it? So just real quick, so we're not like glossing over people who don't like, work with vegetables as much. Like what we're talking about is like when you get a, a, a vegetable that's like in season grown without too many outside influences, you, you, there's almost like more nutrients. There's more nutrients in the vegetable, right? Yeah, and it's just fresh and you can just feel it. Like, I mean, the tomatoes you pick from the garden, they're almost like warm to the touch. Yeah, and it's just no, like, there is something about that. Yeah. You just, you feel it. And, um, and the, the way we do it here, it's all about trapping um, you know, the daylight, and we take what the scraps we take from the veggies, we give to our chickens, which then give us eggs, and then we then put back into our desserts and stuff that we make here. So it's all about things that go, it's all about trapping that daylight, so it keeps going. And yeah. so the same with our grapes. Our grapes then go, our grape scraps after the harvest go to the cows, and then we turn into our estate beef burgers, and so on. So, what do they kind of, they kind of call that like a working system yeah, or something like that? Right? Yeah. And so we, we just don't we don't we don't take it as far as like some of the other wineries where we have animals actually grazing in between the rows and all that. But we do try to use as much of our waste and give it. We have ducks here on property. We have chickens. We have cows. So we do as best we can. Just use as much of yeah. that like little waste as we can. And that's definitely like a good, I mean, a good business plan and very great for, for the environment and everything they have going on. So what type of, so with it being the colder weather and us or, and, or yourself as a chef having to use those greens, like what type of things would you recommend people doing who don't want to eat kale? Oh. Somebody who doesn't oh. want to eat char. Yeah, see, 
you just add, you, you have like, you have collard greens, which are amazing. You just braise them with like bacon and some white wine. They cook collard greens right, yeah. They're, they're amazing. They're amazing. They're just like wilted. They melt in your mouth. <coughs> you know, you can you take you take kale and you chop it up and you put it into a soup. It's great in like a, a minestrone or an Italian wedding soup or something along those lines. There's just ways to incorporate it, and you still get those greens, you still get that iron, you still get that vitamin K that, you know, a lot of people are missing, especially in the wintertime, that they don't get because they're not eating those leafy green vegetables. Yeah. Because that baby spinach isn't as available or is it more expensive in the wintertime as compared to, and it's not as appealing as, like, is it fantastic? No, it's not really annoying. Yeah, the thing's all, it's all fun. It's like just a it, Yeah, it's, and then maybe we'll bring it to out from, from the jacket. Did we have any issue with it in the, uh, when we were cooking? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll try to maybe just to keep this guy clip on it and get zipped up. Is there, you feeling it? Yeah. Is mine's coming in fine? No. Um, is that better? The, uh, so, where were we going? It's not as appealing, right? It sounds appealing, it's just, you know, it's, it's to be more creative, it's mixing it into something, like, uh, you can always wilt it down and mix it into, um, filling for lasagna, um, or, like, manicotti, you can chop it up, wilt it, mix it with your... What's a manicotti? You know, it's a tube pasta that you can pipe in with your, um, you know, your cheeses and, oh, okay. you know, so it's just different ways to use it. And so it's all about just being creative with those. Um, bok choy, you can just take them, cut them in half, grill them. They're amazing with like soy sauce reduction over the top. Um, you know, it's, I like to do it with a little bit of vinegar, but yeah. I mean, I think that the hard, one of the hard sells is to get people to like step out of the box. Right. A lot of times if you just cook it right, with a little bit of salt on it, I mean, it's, it, it's all about just getting people to take that first step, and it's it's really like I've served grilled bok choy, and people are like, ah, and then they try it, and they're like, oh, I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. It's, it's just getting them to take that first step, and I mean, honestly, people look at it in the store, and they're super intimidated because they don't know how it tastes, they don't, they're not really familiar with something, and they're worried about it. Take a shot. It's not an expensive. A lot of these greens aren't super expensive. Yeah. Most grocery stores, especially around here, have them. Oh yeah, around here, you know, like especially now, you can find them pretty much anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Romesco or something like that where it's a little more hard to find. But yeah, it's always good just to go go exploring. And then, I mean, the farmers markets always have these around. So yeah. But yeah, it's just we we really need to, especially here in California. I mean, the Midwest, the East Coast, the South. They have a little more limited on when they can grow, how they can grow. It's a little different for them. But here, we can grow stuff. It's nice enough, even when it's, what, it's December 10th today? Yeah. It's gonna be 60 degrees. 65. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so you can still grow pretty much anything. And it's gonna rain uh, next week. And so we can grow pretty much anything we need. And we just need to prepare people for how that, and what it is, and when it's in season. I just, 
I think we've been coddling people for too long and, you know, letting them say, no, I want tomatoes. Well, the pro problem yeah. is it's a consumer's market. Exactly. Like, so people are wanting to pay for damn tomatoes, so... Oh, they'll pay, and they will pay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I can tell you they will pay. The, uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting to go so green, but I really love it. Is there, do you, so with all that being said, do you, especially in these colder months, utilize more greens on your menu? Oh, yeah. Um, greens, I use a lot of cocoa. Um, Anything from that cabbage family, cauliflower, um, especially the tricolors, romescos, um, any of that, those Brussels sprouts, all of those really come out in our, especially like the wedding menus, um, the estate beef menus, those all play a big part in those menus. Okay. Do you, um, do you have something that's on your menu that you, that's like, that you wish people would try more, something that's a little bit out there? No, I mean, we, we, we've defined, we've really kind of, you know, we put a falafel, you know, we, we uh, created a, like a falafel style burger patty that yeah. we make in house that- it's like uh, a meatless. Yeah, it's uh, actually we make a chickpea patty and it's really very, Middle Eastern, we make it tzatziki, but we do it on a burger bun. Okay. And it took people a little while to warm up to it, but now people love it. It's, we have a, um, a sun-dried tomato aioli on it, and uh, cucumber um, and red onion tzatziki, and people love nice. it now. So yeah. it's, uh, but that was like the big, you know, we tried to get people away from the, the, the tomato or the mushroom sandwich that everybody yeah, else everybody was doing. Everybody does a mushroom. And so we wanted to do something different and you know this was gonna be the the different thing that we Is that still working? Do you um do you experiment a lot with meatless entrees? Yeah, I mean we don't really have the big of a demand. I mean honestly the crazy thing is is we sell um roughly five to one burgers over anything else. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> so people come here for the burger, and uh, everything else is like, yeah, you know, so anything you put up against the burger, it's like, you, you have it there to be there for the people that aren't here for the burger. You know, it's like, um, the pulled pork sandwich is very like, uh, Memphis style, and um, so what exactly do you, for people who are super? We do it with the coleslaw on it, so it comes on the burger bun. Um, we do slow braised pork butt okay. with, um, and that we do. I really like coleslaw. Like, oh my! It, it brings a whole whole different dimension. It brings yeah. and, um, our our barbecue sauce. We use all natural sugars. We don't use any added. A lot of people add a lot of brown sugar. And stuff we we use all the sugars that are in it come from berries and from the balsamic oh, okay. vinegar. Okay. We don't add any. So you're not sugar. adding any outside brown sugar. Brown sugar, no, like none of that. And so it's all natural sugars. Um, and so it's really sweet, but we have some chipotles in it, so it's got a little bit of spice. So then the coleslaw cuts through all that. Yeah. And then, um, but yeah, that's. You know, people at first were like, oh no, I've got the coleslaw on it. And then you started getting it, it's like, ooh, it's like this hot and cold play on each other. That's yeah, really and it kind of cuts through it yeah. with, the, with the 
sauce, like you were saying, it really adds another another dimension. That yeah. I don't remember where the first time I had it, but I do it all the time. Yeah. Now, like if when I'm making it at home or anything like that. Is there um, something that that you wish you could cook more of? Like, do you have like a, a favorite thing that? Like, I wish more people around here would enjoy like you know pork ribs and pretty much any kind of pork. Like, uh, you know, it, everybody here is just so hung up on tri-tip or brisket. <laughs> it's a big thing. <laughs> I, I, I mean, like, tri-tip is, is good, but, like, it's, you know, it's, the sad thing is, is it can be either really, really, really good, or it can oh, be yeah. horrible. Yeah, it can be overcooked, and it can be miscut, it can be destroyed. I would love to have somebody here cook an amazing brisket. Like, I have yet to find. Well, because you're from Midwest, yeah. right? You guys are doing that yeah. all the time. So That's good. Brisket from yeah. Burnings. And, like, I took my wife back to Kansas City and we went to two barbecue places and I got her Burnings. And she was like, now I understand what you mean with Burnings. And she was just like, it was amazing. Like, yeah. I missed Burnings so bad. It was like, oh. But, um, so like for pork, um, it, a lot of times it has like a bad stigma. People think it's unhealthy. People, I don't, I don't, so aside from bacon or your pork chop casserole, like what would you recommend somebody eat? Just, uh, pork loin is so easy. Yeah, especially at home. I agree, it's like, I agree. You season it, you throw it in the oven. It's hard to overcook it. It's like, then you just slice it. You can even put it in your smoker. Then slice it like pork chops and finish it on your grill. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. have like pork chop medallions. I mean, just, oh, it's just, to me, it's like, it's like a blank slate. There's so much you can do with it and it's not shaking. It's like, it takes on the flavor of so much that you can do. Yeah, you can go like a little bit sweet, you can go more barbecue, yeah. you can go. You can do just anything to it. You can do like a balsamic glaze, mm -hmm. you can do like super upscale, you can do. You know, you can do Italian and do like a, you know, salmuco, and you can do like a roulade and stuff it. You can do, you know, almost anything with it, and it's super forgiving. It doesn't dry out like chicken. And yeah, chicken's got like a really a lot of people cook chicken at home, uh, but chicken's got a fine line. Yeah, I mean, you go from cooked to overcooked very, very quickly, and people don't realize how bad they they cooked. Like, and the worst part is. <laughs> How bad they cook chicken. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it's like, like, you know, like the worst part is, it's like, as a chef, you know, like, people would have you over to their house and they're like, oh, and they're just stoked to give you food. And it's just like, and you're just like afraid to eat their food sometimes. It's like, you see it come out and you just see, there should never Are be so much of it. No. Do you no, tell them? Never. I, never. <laughs> I can't either, sorry. People help No, I, I, I never tell anybody, but there should never be more liquid in the bottom of the pan. Than in your meat. Like, if they bring out, if there's like more liquid, and you can see it, yeah, slosh it. I'm not, I'm not gonna eat it. And I just know that I'm gonna cut into it and it's gonna be like dust. And I'm like, I, yeah, it all leaves all liquid. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, and I'm like, I just look at it and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna eat sides. Because I don't know, people are so afraid of eating raw chicken that they'll just cook it until it's. Incinerating. Yeah, until it, until you feel it, it's like a rock, and you're like, oh yeah, it's probably good. Yeah. It's like, I mean, yeah, I don't know, a nest got it. or something. 
got it. It's yeah, definitely it. dead twice. <laughs> <laughs> you killed it. You killed it. Um, but yeah, that's that's the big thing. It's like people are afraid with and the other thing is this pork, you can eat it at like a medium. A medium, yeah. Oh wow. You gotta try this one, guys. Me- medium. Don't don't cook it too well done. You can eat it at medium. I like mine at mid rare. I like mine. No, it disgusts a lot of people. No, don't you mean medium rare chicken? Yeah, pork chop. Medium rare pork chop all the way. And people are like, why? That's gross. I'm like, no, well, people amazing. think it's bad. People no. think that you're going to die. It's not like chicken. And it's so good. It's so much flavor. It's. And the thing is, is you save so much money. It's not as expensive as a steak, and you still. Amazing, yeah. Cabinet. You still get that good meaty texture yeah. while so you're eating good. it. Um, so good, and yeah, and also often it's a leaner cut. You get a pork loin compared to a ribeye. It's a leaner cut. It's yeah. Oh, and it's gonna be a sixth of the price. Or something. Yeah. Like a ribeye at the store, you're paying. You can get fourteen dollars a pound. You, you can get a whole pork loin for what you can get one steak. Yeah, it's, yeah, because the pork loin. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of spitballing with at the store. They're like three seventy a pound or one ninety eight. One okay. So the other day. and that's way better than what you're gonna pay for any yeah. any steak. So aside from pork loin, is there anything else that you would recommend people's ribs all day long? Okay. And how, can, how how should somebody try to cook their ribs? Because you can you you can boil them, which I don't recommend because I mean just just slow and low. Slow and low. What's the worst thing about oil? Is it, it just you hot? Well, you just you lose all the flavor. Everything comes out, right? Everything, Everything comes out. But you can, you can boil them, but low and slow, just throw them in the oven, roast them. If you don't have a smoker, just how low, how slow are we talking? Just 180, 180, five hours. Yeah. That's it. Whole, you throw the whole thing in there, right? Whole season it, season it, rub mustard or olive oil, either one. Mustard. Yep. Rub it down. Okay. Season it with whatever rub you like. Throw it in there. Let it go. That's it. Just forget it's in there. And then five hours later, you know, and you, if you want it to be a little, you know, some people like it a little more pulled on it. Some other people just want it where the bones fall out. If you want it where the bones I fall out, they, then take it a little longer, but that's it. Just, yeah. Like, I like it where I have to, like, pull, you know. Okay. You know, so a little get on, a little get on, on, on it. I want to have a stroke with me. I want to remember that. Yeah, 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 exactly. I don't want it to fall apart. Yeah. Some salad. Yeah. Uh, uh, a lot of times, people they I don't know if they just want to rush it. I don't know. Why. They, they don't take time. They, they just they want what's easy. They just want. I mean, and that's sad because sometimes it would be something as easy as taking it, putting it in the oven before they leave the house. And then just leaving it there. Yeah, leaving it. like you, you, you said it perfectly. You forget about it. You know, let it be what it is. And I mean, if you have like a Traeger, if you have like a, you know, a lot of these smokers, or you just set it and it goes on its own yeah. and it will turn off. So right. you, you kind of touched on a Traeger. What would you recommend for somebody's first at-home smoker? Uh, Whatever you have the money for, I I don't care for the triggers. Is there a drastic difference between oh, the prices? prices? Yes, like the triggers are very nice and people love them and they're incredible machines. I personally, I like to play with my stuff. I like to use wood chips and I like to mix my wood chips. I even like to add things like tobacco and 
tea and different things that aren't actually yeah, leaves, 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 leaves moss, yeah. um, different things to add different flavors. Um, so that you can't really do with the Traeger as much because they use the pellets and you don't have a control of how much of these pellets are, are going in, in, right? It's just one set. So, yeah, and it just kind of feeds. And then the pucks are even more you have. It's like, this is an apple puck. It's dropping and it's dropping. I like I like my master builds. They look like, you know, small refrigerators. I have three of them. I have a green egg and I have a standard um, refrigerator that I've turned into a cold smoker. So I've got several different options. What's the, the what's the benefit to, to cold smoking? I mean? Cold smoking is like if you want to do cheese, you cook it. Well, I mean, here in California, you can do it three months out of the year. Um, is that good? Or is that uh, it's not ideal. Okay. Um, but you do it for long periods of time. Like salmon, I can do for about 72 hours. But you can't get over like 70 degrees and it will smoke constantly at like 50 to 70 degrees. If it gets over that, it'll even run the risk of it going bad. Okay. Um, so does it come out edible or is it just okay. a flavor? Oh, it's all just like, okay. it's, it's like how they used to do it back in, I mean, back in, you know, when they would smoke stuff outside in like Alaska, where they would just build little outdoor sheds and smoke outdoors. Um, it's great. It's it's more like if you were gonna slice logs, you know, have those really thin sliced logs. That's more of a cold smoke. Okay. Hot smoke is like if you get like flaked salmon where you get that cold, you know, yeah, hot it and it yeah. falls apart and that's flaky. Um, either it's good, you have a hot higher it's they both have their pluses and minuses. You're not going to be able to get that thin slice as you will in a hot smoke. Oh, so the hot smoke you can get those thin? No, you can't. No, right, the cold smoke, smoke is where you get the thin. thin slice of all the stuff. The hot smoke is more like a crumble, like a steak and salad. That's what we have down there. Okay. Um, but, I mean, they all have their good highs and lows. I mean, cheeses, it's amazing to smoke your own cheeses, if you don't mind some sweaty cheeses. Um, just a little sticky, or yeah, <laughs> it, it gets a little weird. It gets a little weird. A little punching, or punching, and you know they get. So how are you going for it? Like yeah, you know, slimy. You know, I've smoked um, ice cube. You know, I've smoked um, all different kinds of things. I've smoked ice. I've smoked um, you, you name it. Whatever weird thing I've tried to put in there. Smoked um, sugar. Have you had any experiments? Almonds. That, uh, I mean, I'm sure you've had some, but do you have any experiments that you? Like to let people know don't work. Yeah, <laughs> salt did not work real well. It did not work for me at least. It just were you trying to just make like a really good rub, like a really good seasoning? No, I just tried to like smoke sea salt and it just got gross. Turned brown. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The um, is it you want to switch right now? Yeah. Okay. So we'll just do a quick like thirty seconds. Once you close that. The um. Yeah, smoking salt, huh? Yeah, it didn't turn out so well for me, but... How much do those uh, master those? 300. Yeah, and that's probably like a, a good, if I wanted to buy a smoker, I'd probably go that route. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whatever you could. 
Yeah, I like my master built because I have like Bluetooth remotes and set it and I can do two turkeys in each one. Okay. Um, so aside from, so I know that you're kind of, you're big on curing. You know, you've been curing meat for a while. Is that something that people can do at home? Oh yeah. I mean, as long as you have room in your fridge and your wife doesn't mind. Um, you know, my wife's very understanding about me and my experiments. You're taking up some reality in there. Is it like making a... It, some is messy, some is messy, some okay. is not. Like salmon, I mean, the more you cure it, the more water is leaching out, so you don't want that salmon water splashing all over the inside of your refrigerator. But it's sticky salmon water, um, so that, that gets kind of gross. Um, but, you know, um, that's, she, she's been very understanding with some of the things I've been experimenting with them. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the home refrigerator. You get that emotional support. Yeah. Um, she's not so much a fan of when I run the smoker for like, you know, three days straight. You run it inside? No, but like it's right next to our door, so it's like. Oh, is that? It's coming in. Yeah, like, the smoke's coming in. It's inside. Good, but it's yeah. a, you know, the house smells like smoke for a week or so. And she's like, yeah. But I mean, that three day smoke, like you're getting. You know, some ooey tender. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't mind the salmon. It's just that she doesn't like the house smelling like a barbecue. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, literally, it just smells like an episode of Hitman's Day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you could, you know, smell it. <laughs> yeah, smell it. <laughs> yeah. Visually smell that. Oh. How did um? How did you get started in to curing meats and stuff like that? It's just, I mean, it's all, uh, you know, it's all. In this industry, you just have to slowly, you know, learn different things, and it's all about. I wanted to learn how to do, and it's it's culinary arts, and it's all about learning and exploring and how you could do it yourself and how you can do it better. Because I, you know, I was wanting to make my own sausage, and Travis and I learned how to make our own sausage for an event that we did. Yeah, we made our own sausage, so that was one of our first attempts of that, and we made 200 pounds of sausage, one of our first attempts. That's that was, a big, yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, first, yeah. First that was, um, <laughs> and then I smoked it, and that was fun, but it was um, a whole experience of, so then it just, Kind of snowballed, so we went from I went from that to learning how to do other things. But yeah, it's like it's all about just like building and growing. And you know, in this industry, if you're not learning how to do something new, you're going to get passed by. There's people yeah. learning to do different stuff, and you know, I, I don't, I, you know, yeah, I don't want to be the new gimmicky guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to be the ooh the phones and. Yeah, that's cool. You can incorporate a little of that, but it's taking the knowledge that came before you and making you know making that your own. Yeah. And that's where I think um, a lot of the chefs, especially in the '90s and the early 2000s, got a little lost with this molecular gastronomy. That, you know, and they got back to it, you know, recently. Well, I think that maybe people just saw the looks and then they just ran with that. Yeah, Everybody they, wanted. They, they, want, they got so out there, but then they got so far away from like 
what made food food. And yeah. it, it got so, so far out there. But now everybody's coming back to that Alice Waters and that that's low and slow and that, you know, back to where it was in the early 90s. Yeah. The, the, you know, the Thomas Kellers, the, you know. I mean, from all the, all the phones and stuff, I'm pretty sure that they were just going to start like stacking vitamin pills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they started, yeah. The sweet greens where it's like, hey, this is your vitamin, your food for the day, you just mix it with oil and just shake it and <laughs> drink it. And, yeah, yeah, that's all your nutrients for the day. It's, um, it's visually hard. Yeah, shake. exactly. <laughs> just, and just, I, I mean, your food, it should look uh, appealing, and there is a place for all of that. And, I'm not gonna lie, I do own those beautiful books, you know, the Elena's and all those just food porn books, the, those sexy, sexy books. Mm -hmm. But small amounts of that belong on the plate. The plate needs to have substance as well. There needs yeah. to be body behind the phone, mm -hmm. you know, there needs to be more than just like the sea foam essence of this balloon, and, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. It's more than that, it just, and I, I just sometimes I feel that they got so far away at the time, so I'm just glad that they're coming back and there's more substance to it now. Is there a, some trend for us that you see coming? Is there something that everybody's about to start doing? Or? Not really, I just think that it's nice that we have this, this movement back to the farm, I mean the farm to table movement, yeah, I'm really really pushing on. Is that more than just here, or is that mostly here? It's mostly here because you gotta understand, I mean, you know, I lived in Missouri for 15 years, and other than March through end of September, that was about the only time you could really live farm to table. I mean, after that, into September, you're starting to get down to zero it's degrees at night. And so, you know, there's not a lot of stuff growing at that point. So, you're eating what you put away. And so, unless you're like eating a lot of root vegetables or potatoes and things like that, or a lot of apples, you know, it, it becomes a lot harder to eat farm to table when you have much more drastic seasonality. Um, California has the luxury to be more open to seasonality. I yeah. mean, it's uh, more forgiving. It's more forgiving. You, ha you have the ability to have a much brighter, broader menu, I should say. You can be farm to table if you're willing to have a much limited menu and be in the Northeast and in the Midwest and the South. But in California, you can have a very broad menu and still be farm to table. I mean, we can, you know, I can take you, we'll go down and look in the garden and there's six different, seven different types of char and, you know, bok choy, kale, and um, Brussels sprouts growing right now. That's just in one bed. Now, so, you, you experiment with growing like at home too. Mm -hmm. Now, that's something that, that many people would just think is, is too difficult. What would you say to those? Not really. I mean, I've, I've kept a, my hot plants have been going along for six years now. They, they, uh, they're, they're going strong. Um, I have had some misfires too. I've tried to plant goji berries that never took off. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, knowing what grows where you are and, you know, 
going with it. I have a fig tree that, you know, it was, uh, I they didn't know if it was going to grow here because it was potentially too, you know, too warm, but it's growing nicely. Did you nice get that transplanted? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, growing nicely. I planted it for when my daughter, you know, because it's going to shade my daughter's window. And yeah, so it's now, we've got four figs off of it this year. Okay. Where's so, the start? Four. Four. It's only three years old and you got four figs. Okay. So, you, got the, you got one salad. Yeah, exactly. Maybe some house cure. Exactly. 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 Yeah. There's four figs. But uh, yeah, we're just, uh, you know, we're just really, we're really lucky to be here and we want to, you know, to have the ability to have farm to table year round. So what, uh, what originally brought you out here and what keeps you here? Um, well, my wife's a psalm, and so, you know, her love for wine definitely keeps me here. Um, okay. my, my parents... She lets you smoke in the house, so... Yeah, you know, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she, she definitely keeps me out here um, for her love of wine. And then, um, but uh, my parents live out here, and my brothers all live out here now, so, I mean... Did everybody come from Missouri? Yeah, so we, we've all, we're all transplants out here now, so... I got to I got to go back, and my wife's gonna let me go back again next fall, so I get to you know see some football again, um, have some have some burnt tips, yeah, yeah. yeah. get some more burnings, or more some more barbecue. I'm already excited, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, it just you know it, it's really nice. It's uh, it's just different being out here. It's uh, I miss the snow, okay. Yeah, I miss some of the things from, you know, when you were young. Oh, I, I miss the seasons. I, I miss, like, I, when I was back in September, like, my wife thought I was crazy. I went out and stood in the thunderstorm because I just missed the smell of the rainstorm. Because the rain you get here isn't, like, violent rain. Like, yeah, there, so you're not like, getting all the dust. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You're not getting that. Just the, just the pouring rain and, like, the, like just, just sheer, like, having to stop underneath an overpass and just stop because it's raining so hard. And, just smell the ozone in the air, just just like look around and like yeah. just everything just looks clean. You know, here it's like it can rain for like four days and then like two days later everything looks dusty again. It just I just miss that clean, you know. There's a wash. there's a magic moment, like especially here in California, like the hours after it rains when the sun's chilling. Yeah. Right? Everything, the contrast of everything. It looks clean. It looks clean, it looks vibrant, like... But then, like, an hour later, after everything's dry, it looks dusty. Yeah. And you're just like... So, snow? Snow is what we're going back to? Yeah, I, I like snow. I, I miss the snow. My wife hates snow, so I won't get it very often. So you can't bring that in your no, mind too much? No, no. We, we drove back to Colorado, and we drove through it last, last March, and she'd had enough of it. We, uh... The funny story is um, we, we, we put windshield wiper fluid in our car here in March and it was a bug windshield wiper fluid. Didn't take into consideration it was gonna freeze. <laughs> so we were driving back over the um, Vail Pass and all of a sudden it was in whiteout conditions and every time I passed, like the semi, semi would pass, they were just like showering us with like Shmoo, and it was just like smearing, like smearing yeah, mud, muddy. Like, so I'm having to get out and pour warm water over the windshield, and like 
Right. Because at this point, you know, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not working at all. It's, it's, it's like it, nothing. It's frozen solid. And so finally, I just ended up having to stop at every gas station and use their squeegee and squeegee off my windshield. So it took us that's a, quite a while yeah, to get extra time on to, it. to get all the way through. But yeah, it was. She was like, "How are you even able to see?" I'm like, "Don't worry about it." Could a, could a barbecue place sustain up here? Yeah, but it, not unless they serve tried to. So they got a bed, right? Yeah. It, 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 the only way a barbecue place will survive here is if they serve tried to. Yeah, that's Santa Maria style. That's Santa Maria style. Yeah. Have to, I mean, we have four barbecue places, two like almost side by side in downtown Paso. Yeah. They, they serve tried to, and that's all they serve, really. I mean, yeah, it's so you need, you need tri-tip. Yeah, yeah, tri-tip. You can't, you can't, you can't afford. No, you gotta bring just pretty much tri-tip. Okay. But, yeah. And tri-tip's good, we're just, you know, they're just, it's, it's nice to explore. Everybody should explore a little bit. Yeah. Just branch off from the tri-tip. But it is what it is. Like, it is what it is. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you can go other places. Oh, yeah. To, uh, so what type of, um, what type of things do you like to do outside of Google? Mm. Well, I like like movies. Um, like spending time with my little daughter. She's a handful. Um, but that's good. So, so then what you can do is you gotta show your daughter the snow. So then, if you and your daughter want to go to the snow, no, <laughs> my, my my daughter, my, my hopes of having a son were like dashing. You know, I, I love my daughter to death. She's great. But, you know, I was like the football player, I loved playing football, and um, having a daughter who doesn't like sports at all, and is like pretty, pretty princess, doesn't like, yeah. like, she gets her hands dirty, she has to wash her hands, like, not a tomboy at all, okay. very, she, she would wear a princess costume all the time if she could. Um, very, very, very challenging for, for uh, you want, you want, I want the, you want the yeah, linebacker. Yeah, exactly. And so, well, I mean, there's a cheerleading side, uh, right? There's a yeah. um, but you get season tickets like that, maybe, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, um, so I'm sitting there, that's just tough, because, um, I'm sitting there, it's like, trying to watch football, and I'm getting booted off my TV to, Go watch in the bedroom because she wants to watch like Barbie. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. That's a yeah. this is amazing. <laughs> um, you gotta, you gotta shift the yeah. yeah. You gotta shift the yeah, and it's just, yeah. That it's just, it's definitely like you know, I was hoping for like yeah, she doesn't have any interest in like sports at all, but. Trying to maybe it'll come. She's young, right? Maybe maybe we're working her into it. I'm trying to convince her at least Princess Leia is a Disney princess. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully <laughs> I'll at least have the Star Wars on the backside. Are you staying just the first six? Yeah, yeah. Only first three. The first three. I would say first three and last three way better than the middle three. The middle okay. three were hot garbage. Yeah, it, Jar Jar beats me. Very yeah. Hot yeah, that's that's a, a pretty common opinion. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> bad. 
But uh, The Mandalorian is amazing. Is it so, good? I, I got Disney Plus, I get to watch it. Shout out to Mandalorian. Oh, that is amazing. Better than Baby Yoda. It's more than just Baby oh, Yoda. The Mandalorian is pretty. It's like watching Yoda. any Clint Eastwood movie set in space. Really? Yes. It's okay. like. I mean, you got me. Yeah, like Fist of the Stars. You know, Pale Rider, all but like set in space. And so it's like this ultimate badass wandering around and just blowing people apart with his badass gun. Okay. So he's just got that yeah, you know, giant <laughs> rifle and that's like you just watch Jawas just explode and it's like Good time. Good time. Good time. I think what they're on five right now? I think Jessica yeah, five. five. Just five. Came out. So Is there um, any spots <coughs> around here that you like to go to? I love places that the tourists don't go, because I mean we are in tourist town, so um I love the poorhouse. Because it's kind of an out of the way. Yeah, dude, shout out to the Poorhouse, man. They got a great beer all the time, right? They're bringing, you know, they're bringing stuff in all the time. Yeah. It's far enough away from downtown, but it's, you know, he does a great job there. Um, I love the Blomax. I know it's just, you know, simple, kind of cheap Mexican food, but. What's Blomax? The Mexicana? Yeah, yeah, Mexicana. The one right there by Fox? Yeah, no, the one right on the uh, 13th. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Um, chips and salsa. Yep. You know, simple. You go in, chill out. And you don't have to worry about a bunch of like, you know, you know, having to deal with a bunch of people from out of town on a busy Saturday night. Yeah, because I mean, you deal with it all the time. Exactly. I just want to get away and you know, just chill. And they're kind of out of way places, um, but. Uh, yeah, those, those two are good, man. I love the poorhouse. Like, this um, ranker room. That's another good one. Where's that at? Uh, Tascadero. Oh, is that the place that just opened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I, Dunbar is another good one. Those are both in the Tascadero. Those are a little more farther away, but no, yeah. There's some. Um, do you have any like like early memories about being here that you really? Know, think back on when you think about Paso? Or, well, I remember back when it actually was no restaurants downtown. Like, when my parents moved here in 96, it was like, there was no, like, around the park, it was all... Like, pizza joints and stuff? Well, the bars was the only place, and the rest of it was all, like, antique malls. Yeah. Everything else was antique malls and kahunas. Like, and vaguely remember. Yeah. And everything else right around the mall park and then on Friday it would be the concert in the park and the farmer's market and so you could go and look at the farmer's market and do the concert in the park all at the same time but then then it's like the, the, everything downtown just all those places are gone and now it's all shops and all restaurants and all that so I mean I can't even tell you the last time because I just can't deal with yeah, fight for parking. You're, you're, tr- you're trying to get away from it, especially when you're working. Well, just driving home and then having to load the little one and then driving downtown and finding a spot to park. It's just, yeah. But um, if I'm yeah, saying yeah, it's, it's definitely getting bigger. Yeah. Uh, Though now the parking situation with the paid parking <coughs> is maybe easier. Yeah, it's definitely like kept because a lot of people who work downtown just park everywhere. Yeah. Like in well, now they open up the. By the train station too for the. I, I saw that right. There's like a couple a couple roads over there. Yeah, they've opened that up for people that work downtown that they have some place to park for free. 
And then a lot of people don't know, I mean, with that, with that paid parking, you actually get your first two hours free. So, like, you can literally do most things in two hours. Yeah. You just, you just got to you know, move your car in two hours. Like, it's, it's not bad. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, you just pay a little bit. And it's not expensive. So, yeah. You can see most movies in two hours. So, it's like, yeah. You can go to a movie and not have to pay for parking. So, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people were kind of upset about it. And, but it's not it that needed bad. To it, it definitely did. Because people were down there parking and like being there all day, and then you know people that were actually coming down to do shopping weren't having to park. Yeah, park. No, really, like that was one of the worst things working downtown. Is you would see other people's cars that like <laughs> park right in front of your spot. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, hey, 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 you work there. You yeah. can't park right in front of our place. Yeah, don't park right in front of my stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, what is there anything that you another life see yourself doing? Outside no. of cooking, no, no football, uh-huh. maybe. No, no. I'm, this is this is it. I, I mean, there's no other better way. To, it's like instant gratification. This is all about, you know, I'm, I'm, I. If I want to see how people like how I did my job, I can go out and see. I can ask. It's an instant gratification. I get instant feedback. <laughs> Nobody, no other job you can go out and no. get that instantaneous feedback you always like you have that Bill Belichick's getting instant feedback yeah Bill Belichick's getting instant feedback hey I, I didn't realize I had that guy in the stands at a game that we weren't even playing oh that's too much oh um, I'm just glad that I don't support that guy yeah the um so where were we uh other oh cooking one of the best things is like just you get to be creative you get a, you know, have something that feeds you and you get to make money. Like oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, when I started, it was, I mean, I'll be honest. Where did you start cooking? I started, well, outside your ass. Well, I, I started, like every other chef would tell you, I started as a dishwasher and I started dishwashing at Golden Corral when I was 15. Chef's Golden oh. Corral, too. Yeah, and honestly, if, if you can watch dishes at Golden Corral and Still want to work in restaurants when you're you got to doing drive, dude. You, yeah. you, you want to are washing dishes on Sunday with the syrup that's the cheapest, like pine tar syrup. And oh, yeah, dude, is that's just it's like it's just like corn syrup or corn syrup and like a little bit of syrup flavoring. Yeah. It's just like you pull these dishes apart, it was brutal. and. I washed dishes there, and then when I was old enough, I got a job as a cook at Outback Steakhouse, and then I became a trainer for them. Oh, and cool. then, like, went kind of to management yeah. type. And then I just bounced around, and uh, I, I kept like trying to go to college. Yeah, for something else. Yeah, but then it was like, eh, I'm never going to class, I'm never doing any of this. I'd much rather just work. And at that time, back in like, 98, 99, working in restaurants wasn't, I mean, the Food Network hadn't really taken off yet. Nobody, you know, Anthony Bourdain still hadn't really become a big name yet. I mean, working in restaurants was still like frowned upon. It was like, what are you doing? Why are you dropping out of school to work in restaurants? And so when I told my parents I was dropping out of school to go to culinary school, they're like, um, so, they, they were supportive. But there was like this stigma, like, oh, it was. Like, you yeah, exactly. Like, and for a long time, I just kind of, I felt like, 
that they were just like waiting for me to like come to my senses and find a real job. And finally they realized that he's actually really good at what he does. And oh wow, this is a real job. Yeah. You know, it's not like this is not his placeholder while he's like finding himself. So but it took I mean it took some time. And I mean it took a long time and a lot of waking up for people to realize that you know, and it's not just my parents, a lot of that generation, I mean, there's a lot of chefs my age that had to overcome parents that really didn't understand that, you know, deciding to do, well, it, it, be in this industry where you're not always paid that well. Yeah. You're not always, you don't always have the greatest hours. You don't no, always have, line cooks. you know, line cooks, you know, I have line cooks that I would hire in an instant if they were in California, that, I mean, that are amazing men that I wouldn't even bat my, that if they were here, yeah, you could, you could just, just be like, you're on yeah. my team. And they're, I just could depend on them no matter what. And they, 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 they take a punishment that people just don't understand. And unfortunately, I think that whole tithing change, I think that it's all coming. It, it's slowly coming it's slowly around. Slowly coming around, you know, like I don't know if you have any thoughts of why or what uh, traditionally or what made it. It just took a lot of people re realizing. Well, I mean, I think, well, I think it took a wide away to me. It went so far one way then. Like when I went back to, or to get my bachelor's, there was all these kids going through culinary school that thought they were going to be the next Food Network star. They <laughs> thought they were going to be the next Martha Stewart. Yeah. They thought all they had to do was graduate culinary school. And they were getting, there's just people from the Food Network just handing out jobs. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not how this works. You guys, there's a lot of hard work. I mean, yeah, some of you might make that, but there's, a lot of you that are gonna go do your externship and realize this job is not your thing. This is not it. Like you're gonna put in sixty hours a week and go home tired and work holidays and realize that you hurt and this job sucks and what am I doing with my life? And if you can't go, hey, I still love to cook at the end of the day, then you're in the wrong job. Were there, were there any uh, deep parts like that? Did you have any any hurdles or something where you were like, wow, I freaking hate this, and I'm a shitty chef, or, well, not that I want to put anybody down. No, no, but I mean, I think everybody, you have those times where you always have those gut check moments, and that, those are what define you. Yeah. And if you don't, you, you always have those moments where you have to either, like, suck it up and go or you don't and i'm always that person that you know i i strive to be that guy that's like you know the more times that people tell me i can't do something or i'm going to not be able to do something i'm going to be like all right just watch and yeah. i'm going to push and push and push until it might kill me but i'm going to come out on the other side and be like ha, 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 and then you know pass out but you know <laughs> I, at least I, you try. Yeah, at least I try. I'm going to go down swinging and, you know, it, it's just all about pushing and pushing and pushing. It's all about setting yourself up and, um, 
my thing is, is it's all about surrounding yourself with a crew. And I mean, you know how I was with my crew at Estrella, and I, I try to run my crew gear the same way. Yeah, I mean, it's all about it's all about closeness. Um, we we try to hang out not only here, but we we go and play trivia on Thursday nights, and we spend right. time. We, we try to not only just spend time here. And when it's tough and hard and everything, but we also try to see each other as people outside of here. And I think that's why when shit goes sideways, we, 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 it's cohesion because it's more like we're there because we like each other more as people as opposed to, oh, I'm doing this because he's my boss or I'm doing this because. He told me to. It's he asked me as a friend, and I'm going to do this because I respect him as a person, as opposed to I'm doing this because I'm just being told to. And that's where, you know, that's where I try to do with my staff. And you know, like Cheryl and Sarah, both my sous chefs. It's like shout out to Cheryl and Sarah. Yeah, they they both do an amazing job. Cheryl has run that cafe better than I can some days. I mean, she. She's like a little dynamo. She is there five days a week and busts her ass, and she'll do 260 covers, you know, with a three-man line. So yeah, you've seen how small that kitchen is. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> you got to do some things. So in Sarah up here, she uh, she's my one-man catering department. So we'll do 250, 300 person events, just her and I. So. Nice. Yeah. You know, it's uh, when you have two things <coughs> like that, you can't go wrong. So yeah, yeah. Um, so one last thing: Do you have anything that specific you look for when you're like hiring a new person, or do you have? Is there something that you've found? It's we're like, oh, you got the magic. Well, like, no, it's my thing is, is it's all about if they have like drive and they can come in. I don't honestly. I don't care where you've worked. Who you work for, what kind of skills you have. If you come in and you're humble and you show up on time for your interview and you ask questions, those are the important things because I can teach you what I know you know. Yeah. Because the thing is, is maybe I make a Berblanc different than your last chef. So if I tell you, hey, you know how to make a Berblanc? You say yes, you make the Berblanc, it's not right, then I have to do it again. Then that's not saving me any time. Yeah. If you say, can you make the Berblanc? And I'm like, yes, but how do you make it? That's to me the right, you know, that's the, that's the, that's the right answer. I mean, there's never a wrong answer. I'm not gonna say, no, that's not the right answer, but yeah, that's good, but I, I do it a little differently and I'm gonna coach. That's it. That's the most ideal. That's the most ideal. When they they say yes, and then they just walk away, that's not giving me any coaching opportunities. Yeah. If, to me, I can teach technique. I can't teach untangibles. I can't teach humble. I can't teach the drive. drive. I can't teach, you know, punctuality. Those are things that you need to learn before you get here. Yeah. That's all stuff that... You sh- your parents should have instilled in you long before now, yeah. um, and that's that's really the big thing. I mean, 
anything else. I can teach you how to hold a knife. I can teach you how to cut. But yeah, anything else. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, I agree. If you got the drive, the motivation, and the willingness to learn, right? Then you're. I mean, I'd rather staff I mean, set. How many? How many of the you know you and I worked you know in sister restaurants? How many of our staff did we take that would not have worked in any other yeah. restaurant? Like, I mean, as long as you got that, we're going to do it. Exactly. We had. I, I'm thinking of two guys in particular that worked at with you and yeah. with me that would not have worked in most other restaurants that were yeah. in the top five of trip, you know, on TripAdvisor. Yeah, they made a great run. Well, no, but I'm just saying, yeah, they would not have, they definitely would not have been. I don't think so. Yeah. And, you know, and, but they had that drive, they had that eagerness, they had that want, and because they had that, we could teach them what they needed to know. Yeah. And they became better, and we were able to use them in the way, because both Mike and DJ became way better. Yeah. And, I mean, is that even that's that's it? Yeah. And, I mean, that, both of those guys were amazing rock stars yes. because of that. I mean, I would, you know, those guys both were rock stars because of those three things, the drive, the desire, and the willingness, the willingness to learn. And, and then, like, the kitchen's a place where, for years, you know, like, eons that, like, degenerates have had Exactly, that's where I loved it. It was like, freak show people? Send me the guys that, yeah, the, the crazies. I, I, that's where I like to hang out with those people. Like, yeah. the, those are the ones that, the ones who want to work 60 hours a week. Exactly. Man, that's not a normal, yeah, that's not, you know, send me those people. Yeah, I like those people. And, you know, but like, like I said, those, those two guys, if you had introduced me to them and said, these are going to be your two guys that, You'll depend on more than any of your other staff. Just not, not yeah, just not knowing not knowing anything. I would have been like, no. Yeah, man. Man. If you hired me and you would have just initially right. shown me a, a headshot, a headshot, and I would have been like, you've got to be kidding me. And I was yeah. like, but then, then I got to know them, and those guys went from being to be amazing assets to yeah, both of those restaurants. Yeah, so I mean, those guys are incredible. Gentlemen, and I, you know, I would say I'm a better person for knowing both of them. Yeah, agreed. So, cool, man. Well, uh, so how can the people, you know, find you? Do you have like a social media you want to give them? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm Chef Mikey Illustrated on Instagram, and uh, you can get me on there. And uh, is there a website for Cast? Cast, Cast Wines. Um, should people make reservations? Or uh, we're we're open to any parties under. We like reservations for parties of eight or more. But okay. other than that, it helps out the kitchen, guys. It really does. Yeah, and it, on Saturdays and Sundays, you'll be waiting if you don't. I mean, you know, just because, especially in the wintertime, unless you want to sit outside, it's a little, um, cold. It's a little cold. Um, yeah, unless you, unless it, I mean, you're kicking, you're in California, sixties cold, then. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, 60's cold, he'll be sitting outside. He comes from below zero. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, like, I'm walking around in shorts and t-shirt, but, yeah. I mean, you know, some people think it's cold. I'm spoiled. Yeah. If the sun doesn't come out, I can see Oh, God, I'm, I'm spoiled, man. I, I just think it's amazing that there's parkas and Uggs when it's, like, 65 degrees outside. I'm, like, I'm walking around with a windbreaker and sweating. I'm, like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Why is it so hot? <laughs> <laughs> 
It's December. Why is it hot outside? Why is it hot outside? But, um, but yeah. All right. right. Thank you, Chef Mike. Right. Thanks, guys.